on my end. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone. I would like to thank Riel for, I think it was a couple months back as of the time we're recording this, that gave this great idea of bringing Dan and Jay together. So I do not want to take the credit where it is not mine whatsoever. But without further ado, we have, of course, with us Riel today. We have the one and only Jay Widener and the one and only Mr. Dan Winter. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Uh, good. I just got back from my jog, so I'm a little bit sweaty and tired, but uh, I'm ready to go. Happy to be here. <laughs> Riel, you, you oh, I'm doing fantastic. Been uh, very excited about this ever since Dave said that we've uh, secured this roundtable discussion. Uh, Dan and Jay are, have both, uh, their content has been so inspirational for my own personal growth, and it's truly an honor to uh, be here right now in this virtual call. Awesome. Well, Riel, um, I was thinking maybe if you want to take it away with the with, with the questions, because I don't want to, on my end, start with something that leads astray from where you want to go. So please. Sure. Well, uh, I did have quite a few topics uh, that I wanted to bring up today. Each topic in itself is kind of a, a doozy of a concept, but I just wanted to actually bring these topics to the forefront of our discussion. And then uh, Dan has said that he has some uh, like a lecture and some notes prepared that tie all of this in together. But just before uh, we let Dan do his little, uh, his presentation, I just wanted to bring up topics that I, hopefully we could uh, shed some light on today. Uh, some of them being hyperdimensional torsion field physics, uh, the sacred geometry of the tetracubic embedding in the pent, um, the topic of Gaia TV. And I'm very fascinated with this because Jay and Dan, you both have your associations with uh, not only the founding of it, but creating content with that program. And Gaia itself was a huge vessel for me to get into a lot of these uh, spiritual topics. And I know that there's been kind of some, some talks about, you know, people that have infiltrated it from it being like a PSYOP and, and all those things. But it would be fun to kind of uh, get some perspectives from two experienced people in that industry as well as uh, Vincent Bridges, his work with the Ophanum Enochian Angel Alphabet. And apparently that's going to be relevant to what uh, Dan wants to talk about as well. Uh, if we have time as well, it would be fun to talk about dying successfully, secrets from the mystery schools, and maybe even get into some Stanley Kubrick talking about the moon and the Apollo program relating to being a cover for the secret space program. And if I may say very quickly, I'll throw my two cents in here and there. I'll sort of uh, take a bit of a backseat to, to, the, to, the, to the fine gentleman we have here on the call today. So wherever you guys would, would like to start, Riel, not sure if there's one in particular you want to jump on or if Jay or Dan want to uh, take it away. Uh, I just want to say that, um, you know, hey, Dan, it's really good to see you again. Really? And also, um, uh, I would be crazy and insane to go up against Dan Winter as far as geometry. So uh, when it comes to any of that, I'm gonna let Dan answer and I can come in and comment, but I mean, it's like trying to be, you know, Dan's like the Stanley Kubrick of sacred geometry and and I could, you know, I can't stand up to that one. So uh, uh, as for that, the rest I can all, I can answer any questions. I'm just curious, when was the last time you guys had, had spoken, if I may ask? <laughs> uh 
20 years? <laughs> 1997. <I believe. laughs> there wow. we go. We're closer to 25 years. But hey, we're both still young. I think <laughs> is, is Jay doing a better job at pretending to be young? He's doing <laughs> uh, We're just the uh, legion of the white haired. Uh, we're the Gandalf of, uh, of this whole thing. <laughs> and by the way, uh, Jay's depth on the Gaia TV story is is deeper than mine for sure. I was there for a few years and that Jay's the one who kind of helped me get involved there in some ways. And then yeah. Jay met uh, Vincent Bridges monument to the end of the time through me there, but then they did all kinds of incredible stuff together. <laughs> yeah. I are, if, it's all right, if we if we may start Dan with your some of your prepared uh, presenta presentation or notes and maybe we can build off of that in conversation from there, if that works. Well, yes. So, so uh, Jay, I was meditating on um, Monument to the End of Time, particularly the cross of Hende part of it, and why was it a cross kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> and 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 uh, I don't know, was it Atahualpa's uh, queen who let the science officer Pizarro in on the ancient myth of, and that became, <laughs> and and <clears throat> so, but the, the the physics of that, remember. Uh, Jay, Jay is better on the history of these things than me, I'm sure, actually. My focus has always been the physics. In fact, I had lots of arguments with Vincent about this, Jay, where I always told him, well, once you learn the, his the science lesson, you can forget the history, because that was a nightmare. <laughs> it's truly, that's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, the notes that I prepared are kind of under the subject, alchemy of time. <clears throat> right. Um, which favorite subject. <laughs> well, there we go. In fact, Jay, I was just watching your last film on alchemy and the Templars just before we started here. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, when Vincent told us about um, Peter, the why Peter the Hermit succeeded in being the salesman to sell the first crusade to the investors, uh, right. it was because he had seen uh, uh, the mad caliph having eaten uh, the Philosopher's Stone, which was at that time the ground up Kaaba stone, uh, mm -hmm. to try to get immortal and failed. <laughs> and, and, but, but the physics of that, uh, we later learned. Uh, and so that's how he sold the first crusade, because basically came back to the Christians and said, hey, they're making gold over there, and we're going to lose if we don't get down there. And <laughs> that's right. Exactly and that's why the investors. <laughs> right. And that's how they invested in the cathedral building. and. Yep. And all that's, of the rest, and actually caused the Renaissance, really. Yeah, that, that's how the first crusade got sold, was they witnessed alchemy. Yep. And and you see, you know, many of us believed that Vincent had the Vincent Bridges we're talking about here. And most of you guys will know him. Just so you know, Vincent was my co-writer, for those of you who don't know, on our book, 1999-2000 book, A Monument to the End of Time. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's part of the subject here. Yes. And so he, many of us believed he had the memories of Kelly when they made the purest gold that the British Royal Society had ever measured in history to that time, actually. Um, but a lot of people didn't know that apparently Vincent had past life memories of Flamel as well. And uh, yeah, he definitely had Edward Kelly for sure. He told me many times that yeah. he remembered hanging around with John D and yeah. performing yeah. experiments and things. Yeah. And he believed I was John D and I had a fragment of that memory. Um, but uh, what he told me was that, uh, you know, they used the same red powder, projective powder, philosopher's stone, uh, and that red lion. Red, thank you. And that uh, was actually originally, not always, but originally was 
and this is what got me interested in the physics, was the type of meteorite called Lucifer's Eye, which later became the Philosopher's Stone, the Kaaba Stone, which the Muslims rotate around in a very particular direction because of the implosive dielectric, yeah. which is a, in the physics terms, a super high dielectric constant, which gets us to the physics of alchemy, why the super high dielectric works inside opposing lasers to phase conjugate, making time reversal and negentropy. And if you looked inside the plasma where the lasers are conjugating in the barium strontium titanate, serving exactly the function of the super high dielectric of the philosopher's stone and the Kaaba stone. If I may yeah. add, very, sorry, if I could add very, very quickly to Dan's point, I, as well, you're from the, uh, the technical standpoint, for those interested, you're basically, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me, Dan, you're manipulating epsilon and, and, and U, the uh, electric permittivity and magnetic permeability. That's the, right. Right. Super high dielectric constant is a specific reference to uh, maximize charge distribution efficiency between the plates of a capacitor. Yeah. Basically, you need to enable the charge to propagate super efficiently in a media in order for that fusion implosion to take place. Now, the point I want to make here is that if you actually look inside the trajectory of the opposing cube of lasers, just like the cube of the Kaaba, it's literally a cube of lasers called four-wave mixing, if you look inside, go, sorry, uh, Jay? It's a capacitor. Yeah, that's right. It, it's a super efficient capacitor and gets to the arc of the covenant physics. So but if you look inside as it's conjugating, what you would see is the animation I made of the Holy Grail mm -hmm. when I was working at Gaia, actually, and which is simply, you know, the vortex converging and down the throat of that vortex is the pine cone. You revolve that golden spiral and that's called the Holy Grail. And Valerie's here's friend who just sat in the therified plasma. She's a mystic and she had this intense vision. She'd never heard of the grail. She says she saw a bell and a grail cup and it was glowing. And she was see seeing plasma fusion conjugation happen between two plasma tubes, the therify.net. So back to the Kaaba stone, what happened was, and this Vincent explained to me that in the, the class of meteorites, of glass meteorites, which became the Lucifer's Eye, the Kaaba Stone, um, the only surviving metal foam in the, that form of glass that survives the heat is the PGM platinum group metals, gold vapor or platinum group. And a gold vapor nanobubble array in the molten glass can that produce. Is. That's right. That is the Philosopher's Stone. That's right. Can I, can I jump in very quickly, guys? And this ask is Paul Mel. Yeah, go ahead. If I may ask, um, with respects, for example, to the Ark of the Covenant, it's been spoken that, you know, the Levites would allegedly levitate when carrying it. This speaks to the idea of perhaps some type of oscillation, uh, you know, chamber of sorts or something like well, this. Yeah, yeah. This is a very simple physics that implosive, capacit implosive capacitance is gravity. So if you put a high voltage on a metal surface and the concavity is correct, it is more than negative ion wind. It is longitudinal propulsion Bearden defined as a gravity wave. And can That's I, add, also, if I may add, please tell me guys if I'm wrong, but would the idea that perhaps the hypothesis that the earth is a capacitor speak to the idea that when the Ark of the Covenant was being carried, the Ark, the Ark itself is a capacitor, so is the earth, so anyone in between would levitate, hence why would they would carry it, they'd levitate? Well, the, that way. Well, they, they used extreme hygiene for both high voltage and high radioactivity. But I learned later from the Templars in Sintra who saw where the Ark was on St. Michael's Island just before um, Cousteau's son died there, um, that the only place that it effectively functioned was 
on the Michael line. So actually to understand the arc implosive capacitance, whose original function was to non-destructively contain radioactives. That's the original Syrian design. But um, so, and, but the, the, the reason why it functions op optimally only at magnetic line crosses is instructive, the same places that Kathy measured reduction in nuclear critical mass. So back to the physics of the gold powder foam. So then if that foam, the nanobubbles in that foam have the right geometry, you get a phase conjugate dielectric, obviously. And the function of that in catalyzing isotope transition was behind Vincent's stories about Flamel and him using that red powder that basically he said they used a rice grain of rice sized cake of that powder. Yeah. And if the mercury uh, was molten at the right. And now here's a whole other thing. Our fusion research project now has completed the equations for the exact frequency and temperature to optimize and perfect virtually every commercially valuable isotope transition in the atomic table. And that's behind our fusion project now with with the survivors of Rossi and, and it's called Uranga and there's a this but the point is the physics of alchemy is only the non-destructive charge implosion called non-destructive isotope transition which is why the word alchem means access to a black hole and the physics that isotransit was served so there had to have been both a phonon geometry and critical temperature for and that's what that that grain of rice was and that then becomes the story of when Shakespeare, under the name of Francis Garland in John Dee's notebook, uh, fell in love with the dark lady and the, the duel that uh, Kelly, then Vincent, had uh, for, for the honor of that dark lady, who was the, the wife of the most powerful man in, in Prague and Czech at that time, uh, betrayed him. And that's how Kelly died. And that's the play, the short the history of the rise and fall of, of Kelly. And it, that battle between Kelly and the King was about use and access to that gold powder. And that's the power devil. Yeah. So the gold uh, uh, absorbs um, all the uh, plasma and, and concentrates it. It's not gold. It's like gold vapor and it's trapped in glass. And when you consume it, and I highly recommend that nobody does this because I'm not a doctor, but if you're theoretically consuming it a little bit of a day, you would increase your uh, uh, electrical state and give you longevity and probably give you quite a number of mystical experiences. And it's readily available, but uh, the problem is, is that all the alchemists get killed because as soon as they discover it, they foolishly tell someone and then the king finds out and has them executed so well they, dan you're you you're, you always amaze me because you give the best descriptions of this process that I, that i've ever heard and now i realize i got how much i really got from you in those two years we worked together because i i remember when i first saw your um animations in 1994 i was at a conference and somebody gave me a vhs and I popped it in and John Anthony West was there and Robert Baval and Graham Hancock. And I said, hey, everybody come here and look at this. And they all came out and they didn't know what they were looking at. And I was like, you, can, you don't understand what you're watching here. This is amazing. And they kind of all walked away like that guy was weird. You know, so um, you always amaze me because you have the linguistic ability to really put it together in a way that that I can't even do. So and you know the math and I don't know I the just, math as well as you do. If I can say very quickly, 
um, I, to Jay's point, uh, the only thing I would very respectfully uh, rebut you on, uh, sir, is the, um, the concept of people who crack it end up dead. True, I would dare to argue not, not everyone's end who's cracked it is dead yet. I would say. <laughs> oh no no there's large groups of people that are that are still alive it's the people that foolishly brag about it yeah well i was going to mention also about my time with david hudson and his work with monotomic gold and yeah. now uh, Chaz, who does priestess alchemy made the monotomics for pat flanagan um, um david hudson's monotomic gold was actually quite a bit dangerous and we observed it burning holes in the burning holes in the aura actually uh whereas the chinese would eat a little bit of thin film gold but the the history of mana is actually um related to what jay is saying about immortality that the mana or means the spice uh it was a precipitate uh, jay is absolutely right and uh actually Chaz worked in from sedona worked out the physics that if you bake out the sulfur after the gold vapor has precipitated which is why they called it the show bread then the cake of gold powder is actually edible and you see if there were organic sources as opposed to pure, pure chemical ones so it's a very complicated subject really and I, yeah they had a passion cake in the in the old days it was called passion cake and it was white and it was uh, the and 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 you kept it with you it's just like the the llama bread in lord of the rings mm -hmm. and you would take a little bit and you would be full you would be uh energized you wouldn't need any food and um and it, and and this is they didn't have doctors and this is what the this is how they uh, cured people and and uh, um you know, uh, everyone talks about it if you know how to read the literature, you know, so uh, all the way up until even, you know, recently it was going around. And yes, you're right. Hudson Hudson was uh, not uh, pristine in his lab, lab work and he caused things to get in there. But now there's people that are making monoatomic gold that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I that's right. Very quickly, with respects to sulfur, this this concept that people nowadays, whether it's called you know um, angel hair, angel dust, but people see, for example, sulf they'll think sulfuric acid has fallen from a craft after it zooms off. Um, I know, for example, Lieutenant Colonel Tom Bearden talked about how it may not particularly be sulfuric acid and what have you. It's sulfuric acid after it leaves that local space-time uh, bubble or metric after it leaves that that. I guess you could say engine or template, it becomes sulfuric acid relative to once it leaves that, I guess you could say, um, unkinking of the space time, uh, if you well, will. There, but there's a, a more colorful part of this, which is the story of Vibhuti and Sai Baba, that, which became the white powder they chemistry chemically analyzed after the Lourdes Fatima, which actually is a by, byproduct of very high level plasma dragon beings. Uh, metabolism, which is the physics of the origin of the spice and doom, literally, yeah. and that also is a gold powder precipitate, uh, and, and so the, and that brings up the issue of where is the key to immortality in this, and why we're always eating the philosopher's stone, which then hopefully can get get us back to our theme here, which is how does this become the alchemy of time. Well, the thing is, is that you don't really when you when you say immortality, you're not really talking about immortality of the body that you what you want to do is you want to extend your life 
long enough to finally understand reality. But what you're really trying to do is, is, is create the immortal spirit, not the spirit that comes back and reincarnates, but the spirit that finds a way through the planes of reality uh, to escape, to go back to the center light of, of the universe. How and, to take your memory through death. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely well said. And it, it, you know, to try to do the electrical engineering that of that, another clue, it was since Jay brought up the main the planes of reality, as Gardner explained that when they named the almost infinitely unpacked electron shells of monoatomic gold, uh, they named that the planes of Sharon, which is the Hebrew name for heaven. So heaven is actually the place where the charge distribution is enabled. And that's I literally the the, the Shams elysees you know and so <laughs> understand how that is produced alchemically which is producing an array which can implode and so the extension of that array and how you inhabit the larger array which serves exactly Vincent Jay's point which is you know it isn't your body that necessarily needs immortality but now that we know the physics of what enables lucid dreaming for example therify.net coherent longitudinal uh, we've proven and it was lucid dreaming and then we measure john charles moyens when his lucid dream became a stargate portal with witnesses we yeah. the physics is clearly that conjugate cascade of implosion that makes the body increasingly implosive and centripetal which makes the stargate portal actually in john charles moyen experience and so uh the, to get to that point which is synonymous with getting your aura coherent enough to lucid dream predicting success at death is getting the aura propagating longitudinally into the array and i wanted to give some pra practical examples of that you know when you we, we set up to do the agni hotra at the place in poland where everything around it looked like a desert but that farm was like garden of eden and they did agni hotra every day same way agni hotra is the, where the bhopal survivors and where the uh, uh, nagasaki survivors they did agni hotra and Agni Hotra is an implosive plasma over implosive pyramid, but also precise sunrise and sunset is called four-wave mixing phase conjugation. And they timed with a computer when they lit that flame to sunset, and my hair stood up. And at that moment, I recognized the physics that what happened was the four-wave mixing that enabled the shorter plasma wave to embed in the longer and that action, and so then when you can close your eyes and see down the tubes of that wormhole and inhabit the longer array, that's actually the only thing that's meant by when they say you went to the next dimension, that the ability to superpose in a longer array. So actually to get to the end of my notes about Monument to the End of Time, uh, Jay, which by the way, I don't even think I understood. I didn't study the book hardly at all, unfortunately. But uh, the, if it, my hypothesis, the climax moment, I remember Vincent saying, well, it was an astrological cross point and it was a magnetic cross point, da, da, da. The fact is that the alchemy of the climax of time, we, we did a whole series on physics of coincidence, goldenmean.info slash coincidence. And we plotted all the golden ratio points in time in the Mayan calendar showing an alchemy of time goldenmean.info slash coincidence, it's all there. So uh, what is the alchemy of time? It's the implosion of the spin periodicities. Now what the uh, Elena Danan and the Galactic Federation return of Anki and the Cedars are telling us is that when, when they say, well, you know, we're coming to the fifth dimension, what does that mean? 
the alignment of the solar rotation embedded in galactic rotations, there are moments of perpendicularity. That's right. Enabling embedding in a longer wave. And those that can embed and get leverage and centripetal in that longer wave array, so that you now begin to sense of what alchemy of time, where I was trying to go with the notes. Dan, this yeah, is that's why that's oh. why Vincent and I keep talking about that the the quality of time. So mm -hmm. you have to find that right moment. That's why like cold fusion works sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't because th they're in the right place in the right time when it works, and in the wrong place at the wrong time when it doesn't work. Thank and, you. And Bruce Cathy yeah. actually measured that. He said, yes. you know. There, there were fractal points in both space and time. Now, it, I think we need to understand that more than abstractly. So we know exactly the, why a magnetic line cross point on the earth reduces nuclear critical mass, because that's what four wave mixing and making it centripetal, which is the name of the first nuclear device that's implosion. So we know why magnetic line cross points affect nuclear critical mass, which Kathy says, well, it's not a, uh, you know, it's a, not a threat to national security, it's pure physics. But what did they mean about the fractality in time? And for that, I think it's necessary to understand what time is. You know, mass is simply a name for the inertia rotation of charged stores. Time is only a name for the period of that rotation. That's all it is. Time is a name for spin rate and nothing else. Spin rate relative and, to the access focal point that it's spinning but, around. That's right, relative spin rate. So in, in, when spin rates superpose non-destructively, they also enable compression. And enabled compression is the solution to every problem we've ever described. Alchemy, spiritual yeah. bliss, it's all about a solution to non-destructive compression. So That's alchemy, right. go ahead. You well, like when you, when you die, um, you're going to another dimension. And what happens is your entire electrical field collapses in on itself and goes up your spine through the shishuma, which is that long tunnel that everybody sees when they die. And, and you go into a, another plane of reality and you can do that and stay alive too. You don't have to only do it at death. You can actually do it in your body yeah. if you know what you're doing. And um, that's, that's right why now, I'm doing a, a series of investigations into alchemy texts that talk about different plants. And it looks like um, that they were using the crystalline DMT substances in these plants to create uh, electrical charge to actually induce this experience and come back alive. In but, other words, that's, what, yeah. Yeah. that's what Freddie Silva calls that the lost art of resurrection. And that's, that's the right. ancient, ancient Templar uh, uh, trick was to induce a three-day near-death experience That's which right. you could survive better if you knew how to lucid dream predicting your ability to do near you death can, sorry, even the, the 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 voynich manuscript was a map of those plants they would use to That's induce exactly right. i still have that I sorry, still have guys, my I, I, i'm so sorry i got i got to jump in here because i've been i've been meaning to jump in simply because this is uh this is great i can't i there uh I can only publicly speak to a certain degree, but there's some experiments I've been working on that that seem to that seem to substantiate this to a very large degree, particularly with crystals and the uh, you could say that the plasma oscillations, if you will, with respects to uh, mass and inertia and weight reduction when a particular voltage is applied right. to crystals. Now, um, the, sorry guys, the reason I kept meaning to interject is because I was attempting to depict a visual on a couple different levels that I just sketched out here with respects to Dan had said to me a couple months ago. Um, 
for just to oversimplify, the good guys are trying to restore the timeline, the bad guys are trying to muddy it. And that speaks to the idea of self implosion. So the good guys are trying to do this. And if we look at CERN's Large Hadron Collider, the blueprints of the way CERN is built, we see, unfortunately, that it's built like this. Yep. Sort of like what the bad guys are trying to do by scrambling it up. Right. Now, this speaks to the idea that, for example, we as a planet, not just as a, as a people, but as a planet collectively, are going to be going through a phase of this soon. And we, the planet itself needs to be aligned in this concentric manner. Yeah, they, right. they call it restoring the fractality of time, which they said was a Templar agenda. That was William Bueller. I think it'd be well to mention with respect to Jay's excellent point about death being implosive compression, that the four... Heinrich Clouvet form constants known to be seen at the moment of death, lattice, cobweb, tuttle, spiral. Now we know is specifically the implosion symmetry of DNA enabling you to implode and do what Jay just said, actually. And, and to, but the other piece of that story is that what you propagate into is absolutely a longitudinal coherence array, literally songline, dreaming track, aboriginal. And that longitudinal array means where you die and how you die and when you die has everything to do with whether you can inhabit that array. You know, you've been inhabiting an array already. It's called your synapses. But when that array gets bigger, like the medical surgeons who proved they took their, their they went out of their body during their surgeon as documented, they knew where they saw their body from outside their body. And it was never from an inside inside an aluminum box. Uh -uh. Yeah, you know, it's a coincidence. You're also describing allegedly at least one of the forms of how anti-gravity, more specifically electrogravitics works with respects to the mm -hmm. earth as a, as, a, as, a, as a beating living being. You are harnessing some of the strings, if you will, of the earth to then create an, a non-destructive self-implosive charge for, in this case, the nuts, <laughs> the nuts and bolts craft to propagate yeah. or take off. Yeah. Yeah. The Bell technology was that. That's what the Bell technology was. Well, and, was uh, and also the Damianas from India. It, but specifically, the, it was a, a, a dopant, which our group has, which enabled the iron powder to remain soluble in the mercury that made it red. And what that did, it enabled the magnetic flux density to parallel the inertial mass density. And but only when the translation of vorticity of that vortex was implosive, 60 degree cone optimizing, did you get longitudinal propagation out the implosive center. And that's when you got spontaneously colder and gravity production, because that is a longitudinal propagation, basically. So if you know what why an object falls to the ground, then you can have the conversation. Interesting. Wow, this um, is okay. Yeah, I'm just kind of I feel like a kid in an esoteric philosophical candy shop here, because this is bridging so many of the worlds that I've been so fascinated with. Um, Dave, if you got more questions, feel free, because uh, like I already presented my list. And uh, Dan, uh, do you still have more uh, ideas that you wanted to tie in? Well, um, just in terms of uh, it, the, the notes end with the alchemy of bliss, so or the physics of rapture, uh, we, you know, we've which we've talked about many times. Just that, in, in every case, we're talking about the symmetry that enables implosion, called alchemy or access to a black hole. And now we see that you can make alchemy in phase conjugate optics with lasers, or you can make phase conjugate magnetics, or you can do it, uh, you know, with capacitive implosion and make gravity that way. So, you, but the point is implosion is always the answer, but then how does that describe the onset of human bliss experience, which is the charge radiance that results when, you know, the heart brain implodes and the, we did the whole series on the biomechanics of Kundalini, goldenmean.info slash Kundalini. We don't need to do that again here. Question. That's, 
sorry, if I may ask the both of you, Jay and Dan, would you say that the lack of potentially understanding everything that we've just discussed with respects to others, for example, and again, I'm not claiming that even myself, I, I understand this um, to a large degree, but would you say that this is due to the um, lack of, for lack of a better term, spiritual maturity on, on a collective scale, this idea that the technology is moving faster than the culture can handle. And we see what's happening now. People globally are having mental breakdowns, unfortunately, things like this. I wonder if this speaks to the idea of what some benevolent experiencers have claimed to have been told, which is, again, you need to let go of some tech. Not all tech is bad, but you need to focus on the spiritual maturity part, which by definition allows you, say, to remember who you were in past lives, things like this, which only speaks even more so to the visual of the self implosion Would this would you guys agree with this or well i think that that the um i think that they're the 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 bad dudes are uh, muddied everything up and and made kind of spirituality almost a bad thing and so people aren't looking at it um and then people don't really understand what spirituality is either uh, spirituality is in fact what dan is talking about it's getting your uh, electrical plasma body enhanced and, and doing everything you can to enhance it and um and so as we said in a monument to the end of time uh throughout our, our readings of, of literature about um the eschaton or the end of the world we keep bumping up against this idea that the eschaton or the end of the world is this wonderful thing the end of time is this incredible thing and so i think it, it I go back to um my favorite science fiction writer arthur c clark it's a little bit like childhood's end the entire apocalypse or the epoch of the ellipse it is a collective um uh spin implosion creating a, a mass of souls which enter into the next realm and that's a normal thing it's a it's a it's it's a normal positive thing it's not a bad thing they want us to believe that the end of the world is a terrible thing the end of the world is going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to the human race because it takes us to it, the next step we tried to say many times that you know you do not want to be the left behind when the rapture comes <laughs> right but, but we've always joked that the reason your ancestors rise and the guns will melt is actually about plasma density that actually plasma density allows the goats it literally would and the guns will melt they got the wrong dielectric you know so the, the the possibility of bliss but it's also true that you know when they put the crown on the king if he doesn't have pure intention, he goes nuts faster. And that's what happens to people when they too, you know. He doesn't have this. He has he has this. Yeah. And 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 right. the, the last thing I was just gonna say that I have had the hope in parallel to what Jay just said in terms of teaching the physics of what is a spiritual body, that specifically it is the ability that the that the charge of the aura which is cold plasma gets dense enough and centripetal to spit out longitudinal coherence the moment you begin to lucid dream and inhabit the song tracks and for you know uh, john charles actually his lucid dream became a portal that, and at higher amplitudes that's what a portal is a stargate and that's hypercube physics by the way so the point was my hope was once we taught the physics well enough to electrical engineers about what a soul is, then governments and universities could make decisions about, oh, now we understand why the 5G is killing your immortality, because we actually understand the physics. 
So everything about technology is designed to kill your soul until right. we teach them what a soul is. And everything about academia uh, seems to be almost butchered so that, for example, I, I'm of the humble perspective to grasp what you guys are saying so eloquently The both of you, one needs to have not in depth, but a, a, a general understanding per se, uh, at least more so on the scientific side, if one wants to delve into that of optics, chemistry, physics, uh, and, and electrical engineering, right? Particle physics, all of that. It's almost as if, and please tell me if I'm, I'm incorrect here, there's been a deliberate within STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics, deliberate butchering. Certain things exist in some fields of optics that don't exist in physics, vice versa, engineering, physics, all this. And so what you then have is the human ego coming into play. So say, for example, Dan, you know, you're an electrical engineer. Say, for example, Jay, you're a physicist. Say, Riel's a, a chemist and I'm involved in optics. Next thing you know, if you get the emotional side of our human element out, it becomes, oh, screw you, Riel. You know, you're, you're a this, I'm a that. Stay in your lane type thing. And then everyone is arguing and no one gets anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's the age of specialization and right. it's really destroying us. And, and so nobody is, uh, uh, everybody is, uh, a specialist and nobody is a generalist. Dan and I are actually both generalists. We always have been. We, yeah. we study many, 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 many things. And then we, we figure out how they interconnect with each other. And that's what all good alchemists are, are, are vast generalists. We have to know about everything. Terrence McKenna used to say that, you, uh, that, you know, you just don't go out and take DMT. Says what you need to do is you need to study history, geometry, physics, uh, a, a whole array of things, and then you don't do, do maybe you go do your DMT, but you're not going to understand anything that's going to go on there unless you have a background in all of these different subjects, and and I really really agree with that, and I think there's I think that we're uh, have many casualties right now going on because people don't people have lost their way and they don't understand about <clears throat> about what the soul is and what what the plasma world is and you know and, and uh, um if if you if you want to know uh some certain things like when you're reading al ancient alchemy books every time that they talk about the secret fire they're talking about plasma you just have to switch it out so uh once you understand how to read these things then you get you understand you know exactly what's going on and, and dan is like 100 percent right um uh you know his his uh linguistic skills probably go over the head of a lot of people but if you understand how to interpret what dan is saying it's like you know this it's mind-blowing and and it really is mind-blowing because then you understand the physics of our reality which we do not understand in our physics courses today yeah th that's fundamental that you know i used to say if you get in a room of scientists and you ask who has had a bliss experience that gives you something in common but there's even something more fundamental if you ask who here understands why objects fall to the ground because if you don't know why anything is centripetal not only do you not, not know why objects fall to the ground, but you don't know what causes life electrically, what well, you don't know what causes consciousness as a plasma vortex inside your head. You don't know what makes anything negentropic. So you must learn why something is centripetal before you can learn anything. <laughs> right. Exactly right. I would agree with that at one trillion percent as well, whether that's in an engineering perspective or whether that's in a spiritual perspective. I would dare to say philosophy cannot be without the science and vice versa by definition. But that was that was the turning point when I proved that you take Planck 
and exponents of golden ratio times Planck, not right. only you get super accurately three radii of hydrogen, but you get the exact only two frequencies which motorize photosynthesis and well, Earth year, Venus year, galactic year, precessional year, and ADP and the Schumann harmonics and the brainwave harmonics of bliss. That's the origin of negentropy. That equation is the smoking gun. And now that they've measured the velocity is faster than light, our golden ratio times c, the speed of light, Raymond Chow, suddenly, oh, now there's no doubt of what causes gravity. It's almost as if there's been subtly behind the scenes for many decades, if not much longer at this point, depending on how we view it, um, a unifying field theory, perhaps, of electricity, magnetism, and gravity, which publicly is has not been found yet. No, in fact, they've, they've done everything they can to disprove it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that and that really is the truth. It, it's 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 electromagnetism, plasma, and, and that's 99.99% of the universe is that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and that behaves like a superfluid. And yep. when it rotates, you get mass. And when you, the period of rotation, you get time. And when it implodes, you get gravity, consciousness, and life force. Can I ask you guys that's a question? A quick question, if I may, to the both of you, if you'd agree with this, um, this is, these are not my words, but someone had once said many years ago that if you took, for example, a person and put them in a swimming pool where the water was precisely the temperature of that specific person, other than, you know, the person having issues trying to breathe, they would not know they're in water. So if right. we apply that to some type of electromagnetic uh, fluid perturbation in what we call empty space, it's almost as if, again, you know, the, the Michelson-Morley experiment tried to disprove yep. the ether, but that didn't stick. So no, we're, we're living at the bottom of a plasma ocean. We are on Earth here. We're exactly. walking around in a plasma ocean. It's all around us. It goes way out there into space, and it's filled with plasma creatures. That's, That's right. Elementals, nature spirits, exactly. Yeah. Elementals, and we respect them. Yep, they're everywhere, and 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 you can see them if you, if like Dan said, if you're in the right place at the right time. And fortunately, in my life, for three or three times, I have been in the right place at the right time to actually see these creatures. And there's literally trillions of them, and they're all around us, and they're swimming around us, and they're in their house with us, and 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 nobody knows it, and everybody ignores it. Well, you have the Santilli telescope, and he stated in court in official court documents that he's of the humble belief there is a for lack of a better term a loose conglomerate of, of individuals institutions and bodies globally uh constantly conspiring to attack him whenever he posts his findings from his, his uh, telescope yeah well and i think maybe that brings us to what dave originally suggested for some of this conversation which was well what is your opinion of the current state of the geopolitics of earth <laughs> and uh, uh you know i i uh, i don't know where jay is at in this regard but i have been i just sent you the email actually jay i've been teasing uh cosmic disclosure all the people at gaia tv about the <laughs> dumbness of having featured gaia uh, gosha and swaru because they they screwed up just like they screwed up with corey good as you well know <laughs> and, and and so gaia kind of kind of lost the plot in some ways and this they other did. The, they the, did the, i really i'm not going to brag here but as long as I was in control of the situation, yeah, everything right. was, was grooving along. But, but that eroded after about four years of, of yeah. me being in control there. And, yeah. you know, I just got picked apart, you know. Yeah. And then, and That's right, understand, I, I, I can't tell you how many meetings I went to from 2012 to 2016 with 100 really sweet people, you know, in their 20s. 
And they'd say, well, what are we doing here? And I say, well, it's called a mystery school. We're going to create a mystery school on, on a television network. And yeah. for the life of me, these people had no clue what, what we were doing. Yeah. In the so, beginning. You're just me pushing it along, and, and you know I produced every show, every. But then by 2015, I, the erosion, death by a thousand cuts. You know, you were in the corporate world, Dan. So death by a thousand cuts. So you know, pretty soon, you know, 2012, I'm like Superman, and by 2015, I'm limping into the building, you know, because uh, you know nobody knew what I was doing. And then when the Corey Good thing happened in late 2015, oh shit. That was that was the implosion, uh, real true implosion uh, yeah, of the whole it's, thing. It's true that Yurka and and uh, Lynn Powers used to let uh, Jay actually kind of steer the themes. It was beautiful. But so in terms of having lost the plot now, you know, be, the Corey Good disaster and now the Goshiswaru disaster. Um, we, I, I have teamed up now, as you well know, with Elena Denon who is now supported by Alex Collier and Michael Sala. And I'm being interviewed by Michael Sala this coming week as well. Um, a real answer, I think, does exist for Dave's question of state of the global geopolitic with ET context. You know, Elena's book, The Cedars, is saying, well, Enki Thoth Hermes is coming back, and that's the nine. Right. And I've made films on the plasma physics of that. And regardless of that, whether you agree with that sort of politically, the underside of that story is the story of how the Nebu Gray uh, infiltrated Eisenhower and basically, with using shapeshifters, uh, took out, uh, for example, I think when Admiral Burda of the Navy committed quote unquote suicide, um, that this was basically the Grays uh, taking over the US military. That's what it was. And that mistake. When, when we've dissected endlessly Eisenhower's mistake. The, the Air Force? More. The Air Force was one of the first to be taken over. The Navy was one of the last. And even now, William Thompson confirms the Navy, still a big bunch of them stayed on the good side and didn't get controlled by the Greys quite so much, the NABU. As yeah, uh, they have a, uh, I can't remember now the name of their secret intelligence operation. The Navy has a secret group within them that is battling against the dark side. Yeah, and, the um, is that the aviary group? Uh, well, no, not the aviary. It's called... It's actually got like a name like a CIA. It's a, but it's a secret group. And um, I've been told by higher ups and I'm a big fan of the Navy. Um, I yeah. think they're the most decent of all our military organizations. Yeah. And, um, and the uh, Earth Defense Force was started by the Navy. And yeah. like the Germans, they started and by NASA. Putting, they started by putting a mercury vortex in a submarine and taking it to the moon. Basically, yeah. that's how yeah. the, that's how the 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 germans the nazi started uh they took over the moon and mars and ceres and now recently but here's the good news they got booted out of here thanks to the galactic federation and the return of the nine and um uh the, the draco and the they're now lo no longer in the underground military bases and as elena where we often say well if there's what was a tick in your arm getting the tick out is only the first part of the healing <laughs> i just say guys if you do if one does some deep dive research particularly into the um the, the the patents side of things which is very old news i would imagine for jay and dan with respects to the science behind the patents but there's been um i i, I can attest as well on on my end i that I would agree very strongly with respects to there being a group within the Navy and all of that. And not only that, but they're, they're, and we're the good guys. 
Right, so right. And not only that, but if you if you look at the, the last 30 years, particularly in American patent history, with respects to these alleged anti-gravitic patents, there's been a deliberate attempt, almost as if there's been a battle between factions behind the scenes, to scuttle most of these patents, new ones, yeah. to the Navy instead of the Air Force. So I'm, I'm yeah. No, no, but the, but the Navy is, uh, the Navy secretly does contact those patent holders. They do, because um, I know some of them. So they're they're not they're, the the patents denied. That's for national security reasons. But they're brought in, and they do lectures, and they tell the people what to do, and and it's a secret group, and they um they do a lot of uh, uh, befuddling the establishment. They do things that that cause chaos within the establishment, within the cabal, and. Um, uh, some of it's quite brilliant. And, um, you know, and uh, so I, I kind of am always on watch for when they're pulling their tricks. All right. So they'll, because the, the, they're uh, in the intelligence agencies, but they're actually against a lot of them, they get the feed for what's going to happen. They say, oh, this is going to happen. There's going to be, I'm not going to say the event, but there's going to be this event at a place where people learn things, right? And it's going to not be real, right? But we're going to act like it is real. So then these secret group comes in and throws a bunch of monkey wrenches in their plan so that everybody sees what's really going on. And so forcing them into a, oh, no, no, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist and everything. This is what's going on all the time. And it's really important to remember that, you know, um, Kennedy was in the naval intelligence. Jimmy Carter was in naval intelligence. Jimmy Carter is the guy that tried to remove all of the Nazis out of the CIA and a Halloween night massacre. He had Admiral Stansfield Turner, who is in the Navy intelligence, who is the head of the CIA, really pissed off the CIA that a guy from the Navy was in because the Navy is the first intelligence group in this country. Naval intelligence was the very first. It was John Paul Jones invented it for, for uh, uh, tariff reasons. So people get coming in with stuff that they're not paying tariffs. So they had this. So the Navy always has thought that they were the premier, not only the first uh, uh, military, but the premier intelligence agency. And you're, and Dan's right. They're, they're all involved in the secret space program and the anti-gravitics of the 50s. And and uh, it wasn't the Air Force. It was the Navy. I'm so sorry, Jay, if I may add as well, sir, the, um, there's been speculation, for example, that if you look in, you know, public, uh, in American Western news, you see the, the Tic Tac incidences, it's almost as if, um, you know, there's been some rumors and potential leaking behind the scenes that some have alluded to the, the concept that the Tic Tac may be the good guys' vehicle or craft, if you will. Of the Tic Tac is, it's simply longitudinal interferometry. That they, that's why right. they can make a, a right turn at a thousand miles an hour. And actually, that's what was called the, um, the, what did they call them in World War II? The Foo the Fighters. Foo Fighters. Thank Foo you. Fighters. The, Foo, right. the Foo Fighters was plasma interferometry. And the plasma, yeah. longitudinal plasma interferometry was learned by the Germans when they learned how to bounce the radar, radar off a submarine periscope using yep. phase conjugate surfaces, actually. I believe, I believe the Tic Tac is our stuff. 
Uh, I don't I don't think there's anybody in it. I think it's a drone. They're drones. And um, I think they're ours. And the reason I, I think they're ours is because they were flying right over our destroyer and we didn't shoot at them. Well, I, I also <laughs> want to say as well, if I may, that um, even if we go one step deeper to both of your guys' points, we see, for example, why are the Tic Tacs seemingly having the intent to get the Navy's attention and not any other division, almost sure. as if now, and I, I'm making a leap here, but if we, if any of you have seen the film Tenet, the recent one uh, about yeah. temporal time and all of that, it's almost as if, again, going back to the concept of things occurring within rings, that again, if we have within uh, one, if I may very quickly, within a, say this is our current ring of existence, if you will, it's almost as if, for example, there's some type of temporal operation within the ring of existence in an attempt to, as Dan says, the good guys, um, you know, symmetrize the timeline. And by doing that, getting the Navy's attention. And well, also, it should be said that, yes, you're right. And, you know, it's pretty weird that it's all happening uh, outside our, our the biggest naval base and on the west coast in San Diego. But what a lot of people don't realize is that that area of America, uh, Southern California, Mexico border, that's a super highly charged area. Um, there's been many books and mystics talking about uh, yeah. how highly charged that area is. So I think there's there's a reason why it's happening in that area. And, and I think this brings up the lesson here that as long as we regard long, longitudinal interferometry as a threat to national security, when it's the only way to go through death and the only way to make gravity, uh, you know, we're going to have to teach the physics before we can be self-empowered in front of this confusion, actually. And the lesson here is that elementals travel in the same way, actually, right. <laughs> along the so, magnetic lines. So, Dan, do you, you, you're pretty sure that the Navy knows all this, right? I, I, well, I think you do. The big branch of the Navy, that's what William Thompson was saying, and I think he was right. I, I was trying to get a bigger picture than where the Earth Defense Force, which supposedly is now the good guys in the Galactic Federation being trained by the Federation to protect the solar system when the Greys, Nabus, and Drax come back, which they are said to intend, and that we have to develop our own immune system as a planet, and we need to get educated rapidly. And the same physics that enables us to have an immune system for our solar system, you know, like having enough shaman around the world that can lucid dream together that's plasma defense if i could say very quickly guys this is why as well i'm of the humble and please tell me if you guys disagree and where may i be i may be wrong in this but this idea that to some degree not to all but to some degree some of the tech if one could get behind the control room of some of these for example gwen towers these ground wave emergency network towers which harnesses longitudinal interferometry in addition to say for example uh, let's i'm just you know throwing stuff out here your Starlink that you know Elon Musk has been doing again it's a tool like anything else it's what you do with the tool the same way that it can do beautiful things it could do terrible things so this idea that if one could get behind the control room of these resources we could help um, amplify the earth's immune system perhaps well and that's why Tesla's tower uh, he was making very high voltage and he was trying to ring the earth like a bell and do power transmission without wires, but he had the frequency signature wrong, and he didn't know accurately where the longitudinal nodes were. Actually, he chose 60 instead of 50 hertz. 50 is conjugate, 60 is not, etc. So you could never make an array, actually, and it is said he caused earthquakes. So we actually didn't understand the relationship to gravity to longitudinal, which Bearden later figured out, but he didn't. So 
and actually the original pyramids were a longitudinal array of global wireless power working great and we analyzed the harmonic series there 53 hertz in the latest physics of the pyramid film on our youtube channel so we know how it functioned as a fully useful global wireless power array because they were implosive capacitors and they were precisely at the nodes of the longitudinal array is this jay if i may ask as well to, is this um if you happen to be familiar with this there's this speculation whether we follow the, the writings of plato or, or what have you that these negatives these uh, whatever you, we would like to call them use a deceit and intellectual manipulation to work their way into a society and allegedly and please tell me if i'm wrong here because i don't want to spread any anything incorrect but the pyramids just like i had said are a tool it, it, it was a matter of getting the negatives infiltrating the societies to harness the pyramids for their self gain instead of for protection of the planet. Or well, they, yeah, they, they've, they've invaded, we've been invaded by the, these entities for a long time. And uh, for at least 3000 years, they've been here, maybe 6000, maybe more. Um, and, and they, and they, they, they have a glamour and they, they can look like a human. And so they use the, their magic and their glamour to take over uh, institutions and things. I personally think they probably destroyed the pyramid because somebody destroyed the pyramid. It's, it's virtually useless right now. And uh, so I think that there is a group that <clears throat> is really jealous of us uh, because we have the capacity to actually uh, unfold our soul and they don't. And so they're... Uh, they're crushing us right now, and we're being crushed uh, by mental mental illness and and, and uh, physically we're we're uh, falling apart as a species. And uh, you know, and that's one of the reasons I'm out talking. One of the reasons I came on the show. I, I know that Dan's message is and mine is ultimately seriously positive, and but. <clears throat> <clears throat> trying to dig through the morass of uh, the uh, darkness is uh, really daunting, to be honest with you. And I, I think Jay brings up the right point that leads us to the happily ever after here, <laughs> if I may say, which is that, you know, all of the very advanced extraterrestrials have told us, you know, well, the human civilization, their technology is like, you know, a Stone Age museum, but <clears throat> the DNA from the blood of humans is some yeah. of the most valuable yeah. in the whole galactic sector. Hello. <laughs> We need to dig into what that means. Well, this speaks to the idea that it, there are many different species or uh, interdimensional beings, or we can check the all the above box. There's, I, I've always believed they're observing us for a reason, not the other way around. Well, and and so what Jay is saying is that you know when you can teach your kids how to have a bliss experience and then begin to lose a dream and eventually to steer a song line, that means they will eventually begin to steer a star. And there's not a lot of bloodlines on the nearby planetoids that get that kind of leverage. It had to do with the genetic diversity here. So yes, you know, the adversaries were huge, but on the other hand, the best guys are back here precisely because we are the most valuable seeds in the neighborhood. Exactly. Exactly. And, I remember I was on Carrie Cassidy's show a few years ago, and she kept talking to me about building stargates. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start building. And I looked at her, I said, 
<clears throat> said, Carrie, you got a stargate right inside your brain. It's <laughs> called the pineal gland. What are you talking about? You don't yeah. need to build a stargate. Well, you can, can go I, anywhere you want. If I could just say, I know to on my uh, to our audience on our side of things, this is some. I sound like a broken uh, record here, but when you see, for example, people like Klaus Schwab saying, in the next ten years, everyone's going to be able to read each other's thoughts through these implants. The whole thing is, why is there not the? Uh, why are they not giving the? Not not even choice. It's not even up to them, in my opinion. But why are they not presenting the organic angle of things and i think yeah. because they can't control it well and also but in a way you know what we have here is a failure to communicate in effect it's an education problem because if we could educate them what a soul is they'd realize that the wrong kind of implants is going to fractionate their aura and their longitudinal coherence and therefore their immortality so when That's we right. can teach <clears throat> Wait, this when is we what get... pissed off Tom Bearden, by the way, because he was he was pissed off that he goes, <laughs> you know, all this stuff has been discovered on the on this quote unquote classified side, and he uh, to a degree he said, and I agree with him, certain things, sure, maybe if someone you know terrorist gets their hands on it, it's it's tough, but to educate our youth, why he was pissed off that it hasn't come into the schools at all. That's right. No. Yeah, he was pissed off. And, you know, and it really is like H.G. Wells said, a race between education and disaster. And we, we're, we're, we're on the disaster side right now, but we can pull out of it. And people just assume that bliss is illegal. You know, any any conversation about bliss in a school is assumed to be illegal. And yet it's the only way your kid's going to get immortal. And any Aboriginal could tell you that if you can't teach your kid to have bliss, you do not have culture. I agree too. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and I think that uh, we also need to start teaching kids how to lucid dream. Exactly. Lucid dream is extremely important. And, and the physics uh, of them. Exactly. Yeah. You, um, uh, you know, I had a, um, a very wealthy guy one time. He, he was friends of mine and uh, he was worth about $2 billion. And I, for some reason he liked me. I think because I was in alchemy and he was too. And he, one day we went to see a movie and we're sitting in, in his limo after the movie. And he said, uh, you know, you're asleep, right? And this is like 35 years ago. And I was like, uh, I am, I feel like I'm awake. He goes, no, 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 you're asleep. You're asleep. I'm awake, but you're asleep. And I, I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I, the reason I'm successful in this world is because all I do is lucid dream. I lucid dream this reality into existence. You let the existence rule you. I rule the existence. That's the difference between you and me. And then he said to me, and this is scientifically verifiable. Yes. I said, how so? And he said, well, go home. Go home and just imagine what it is that you want to be. Just whatever it is you want to be. Just imagine. Don't ask for money, though. He said, but ask, you know, I want to be a good father. I want to be a good artist. I want to be a good scientist. I want to be whatever. I want to understand mathematics, right? And so I said, okay, I'll do that. So I went home and I thought about it. I said, I want to be a good filmmaker. And I had no money. In those days, there was no video. Film was really expensive. It was impossible for me to become a filmmaker without being from a rich family. And I wasn't. <clears throat> but I did. Within a year or two, I started. You dreamed it. You dreamed. And, but that, that might bring up the right question, Jay. Did you believe Yurka when he said that he lucid dreamed the stock value of Transacom the next day? <laughs> Corporate. I spread? do. I actually, I do. I think I think Yurka's kind of lost his ability to lucid dream. But I do believe back then, when yep. he was in his forties, he was. Yep. 
that dude was powerful, man. He, he was, was a lucid dreamer, man. <laughs> like, I mean, he looks like an alien. That's the found, founder of Gaia Corporate Express. Yeah. We, we spent a he's lot like of like six that. foot five. He weighs about 110 pounds and uh, he's completely bald now. And it uh, looks like a, a tall white is what he looks like. I was just going to say scientifically, this adds to the whole concept of, again, one's belief becomes their reality. This idea yeah. that, for example, to your point, if I may give a practical example and, uh, you know, so many are focused on, you know, again, giving their intention and attention elsewhere instead of saying, no, 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 I'm the pillar of this. And this right. is right. And, and, yeah. and I dare I say, perhaps, and I don't mean to uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, but there seems to, at least from my perspective, been an attempt in the, the media sense of attempting to depict such individuals that understand their sovereign spirituality as narcissists or conceited or cocky so that no one, everyone sticks in the consensus. I call it consensus harmonics sense or, or area, if you will. And for example, so that everyone is stuck with, oh, I got to pay, you know, I got to, I got to make sure that this is done at this time. And then when you really ask why they're so, you know, rigidly and anxious about it, they themselves don't even know why. It's, it's the old question. And whom does the grail serve? Yeah. Ah, itself you see when you understand what real service is then you become the center of the tornado <laughs> which is pure intention means therefore you're you identify with the infinite <laughs> that beautifully said wow yeah yeah that's right that's exactly right and, and 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 the reality around you is plastic and it can be molded by your thoughts and um and so people wonder how people you know are really successful at whatever it's because they have that ability they realize that um, uh, reality is uh, uh, malleable and it can be maneuvered and and once you understand that because it's plasma and your plasma your brain is pure plasma and to know so, the, the physics of pure intention then is identifying which wave is most shareable and that's where centripetal force is oh. generated so exactly. in effect the collective plasma field of the dna the collective unconscious for a billion years has been gathering the shareable wave of the field effect of a library of collective survival information pure principle uh eureka actually this and so when you identify with ancestral so th then basically your hair stands up continuously, which means you're continuously imploding. So right. Dan, if I may say, this is why in some cases I've spoken to some people <laughs> off the record where, for example, I've shown them say, you know, the, the, the chronology of the pine cone being, being uh, constantly, you know, throughout the past. I had one individual say to me, Dave, and this is a very spiritual individual. And they said to me, why do I feel like I know this already? <laughs> right. That's why they call it research. <laughs> you're redoing what you or, already you already know it. embed ability yeah. you know in, in in physics they say action at a distance is caused by entanglement and einstein rosenbridge wormholes well they don't realize that entanglement perfected is named phase, phase conjugation and that the, the what they're calling that einstein rosenbridge wormhole is actually the longitudinal array the only physics of action at a distance which einstein called spooky because he didn't know why an object falls right. to the ground. <laughs> That's well, exactly what quantum entanglement is. Yeah, it's right. ripples in, 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 in the fluid physics. Embedability. You yeah. guys know something as well, by the way, anything and everything having to do with this plasma physics outside of, 
Huntsville in in uh, in, in North America seems to be uh, coming from Eastern Europe, almost as if it goes back to again pay, Operation Paperclip, as Dan has so eloquently mentored us on with respects to you know the Soviets got the telekinesis guys, the Americans got the propulsion uh, materials guys, and we notice by the way, I'd like to add that for example, there was a paper out of uh, the Ukraine Institute of uh, of Ukraine uh, Electron Institute, I believe, so along those lines, and. It had to do with removing the, this is a little bit more nerdy, if you will, but removing the, Di, the Dirac equation from a slightly altered Maxwellian uh, uh, set of uh, differentials, basically. And the equations were never disproven, but the person was attacked. There's a difference. They could not disprove the, there were professors from the West that attacked the person who was trying to say, guys, we can basically saying we can view life as a beautiful Dyson sphere, a full sphere. And the academics out of the West were saying, no, 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 it's got to stay in right angles, basically. You know, the right angle array can be represented by the castrated Maxwell's equations. But when Heaviside took out the quaternion, right. the ability to yeah. represent spin was lost. And yeah. the spinning tetra cube, the tetra cube can't rotate into golden ratio pen mm -hmm. without spin. So right. you can't even represent scale. Everything's in motion. Yeah, so you can't you can't even represent this the implosive spin of of, of phase conjugation without the quaternion and Bearden did a good job on that conversation. That's what's led to publicly what's been coined as I believe angular momentum, which is a, a joke to me personally because it's spin. Well, so. it, it, with a classical Maxwell's equations without the quaternion, you have the x y z or the, the array, but you do not have the representation of the spin, and therefore you can't represent the onset of implosion. That's, That's basically. And, there, and there's no doubt Maxwell understood all of this. There's Maxwell no got it right. That's why God the heavy forbid, side didn't. That's right. Really that's, that, that's, that's right. God, God forbid, especially now in quantum field theory, from what I'm seeing in the university lectures, God forbid you take three, let alone four polarizations of the photon. You can only, I, I think the maximum is like two, because if you took four, you'd get a unified, you know. You'd get a phase conjugate negentropic photon. And that's why it's yeah. sad that Bearden never figured out that you have to tune golden ratio to Planck to phase conjugate perfectly, which is my origin of negentropy equation, which by, by the really way, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Planck times golden ratio leads to yeah. so many discoveries, has exactly. led to so many personal discoveries, both exactly. spiritually on my end, as well as in my, my notes, like uh, in the equations, looking at others' papers. I noticed something as well, guys, if I may say, do you notice that, for example, a lot of this stuff seems to have been by a handful of individuals such as yourselves understood for decades now, which I, I applaud you guys for being so patient with the masses, but it's almost as if like this, this is, this has been cracked since World War Two in terms yeah. of modern times. It's yeah. just, and this is why I think they constantly <clears throat> throw the word quantum, quantum, quantum around because it's so vague. It doesn't like, what does it mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the, exactly. The only thing ultimately that quantizes is Planck. And the only way for Planck to embed perfectly is golden ratio, which defines fractality perfection. And it's ironic that physicists have been running around that says, saying fractality has to be the cause of gravity for decades, but not one of them asks how fractality causes gravity because it ne never occurred to them that golden ratio is fractality perfected. And suddenly then you see how implosion. The idea is that it's very simple. The transverse EMF implodes right down to the Planck threshold at the tip of the pine cone. And that's where the squirt gun works to spit out the longitudinal, which is called gravity wave. The point about the holy grail returning and um, the seeing the, the grail in the plasma is that 
the array inside the phase conjugate dielectric itself has to set up this perfected nest, which looks like a holy grail. It's the, this is the nest of what the waves have to do inside, not just a phase conjugate mirror, but inside Therify, every time gravity is made and negative entropy happens. So that array has to set up. And that array is the movie Contact and actually the hypercube of the Stargate doorway, the Ophanum Enochian alphabet. That's that symmetry again, because that array is required. It's the only array you can actually inhabit. This speaks to as well with respects to the, um, if I may say as well, the film Arrival with Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams, I think 2013, 2014, uh, particularly attempting to, I, I imagine, use Hollywood and entertainment to convey to the masses that a different perspective of time. We see those aliens were communicating in rings, <coughs> in circles, and those circles were context-based forms of communication. And I found that quite interesting because uh, the, the main character whom the actress Amy Adams played in the film had from the beginning of the, the film, from the first five minutes, the first few scenes, she was having, uh, I guess you could say, uh, for remote viewing or visions of things that have not yet happened in this linear timeline. But it's almost as if someone or something uh, behind a control room, if you will, it, are viewing events in rings and then dragging them like you do on a computer to say, okay, this is how the, the folks on the surface of Earth are going to view it in this order. Yes. If and if we, the, the basics of that is to recognize why peak emotions are the contact points in time travel and space travel, that the peak emotions leave actually literally a wrinkle in time in the longitudinal array. So then we begin to understand how we leave anchor points in the array of both time and space. Yeah, so it's like <clears throat> reality is a linear line, but then there's orthogonal lines coming up at right angles to it. And that's really what, what you, want. you want. So when you take a right angle orthogonal, time stops. You're not going for it, time stops. So there's like, there's three dimensions in space plus time, and there's three, uh, there's three dimensions in space when you're awake, and when you go to sleep or when you're dreaming, there's three dimensions of time, okay? So, so time has uh, many, many more dimensions than we actually think it has. And lucid dreaming is that ability to penetrate into the future and create reality. And that's all it really is, and it's blissful. There's nothing more blissful. Even sex isn't as good as lucid dreaming. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think a, a more elegant or simple language might be to talk about the origin of the term El as in Elohim, that actually uh, the phase shift or translation of vorticity, if you track the transverse wave down the vortex, the side view is a golden ratio caduceus, Hermes literally, that the, the phase shift between the transverse to the longitudinal is literally an L. And as your attention then is lifted, get up off your cross and follow me, you can then inhabit the coherence of the longitudinal array. You've made the L, literally. Yep. And, what, and so that, that then doesn't require the abstraction of the number of dimensions, because remember, dimensions is only a name for the number of axes of charge spin symmetry that are superposed. The key is to recognize that only Golan ratio allows you to superpose more than seven axes of spin non-destructively, which is why the, the dodeca is the only thing you can superpose around a cube. <laughs> Five spins, seven spins, and that's the Anu with the heart of the sun and the heart of the human. Yep.
Guys, this has been absolutely incredible. I, I, I'm not, I know we probably have to wrap it up soon, but I do want to give it to Riel. If you have, say, uh, one, one or two more questions for, for Jay and Dan, I'll, I'll sort of take a back seat here. Um, Riel, if you have anything we, we well, want to wrap yeah, up. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I still have many comments and questions. This is, you know, this is a dream to just be able to sit here and, and listen to both of you. I'm so honored and really appreciate what you're sharing and love how, like, we're genuinely all enjoying it feels like enjoying this so much. And Dan, you you explained that when the hair on your arm is standing up, that was happening to me actually when Jay was talking about being uh, a generalist, because that's something that I've always actually struggled with. Well, I've excelled at doing actually, but struggled in the mainstream academic world and being told to focus on one thing, pick your career, do this, you know, just choose your life. But I've always been interested in so many different things. I've been more of like a jack of all trades. And when you said that, the hair on my arm was standing up. So my question was going to be, how can we explain this in real time to the people that are probably going to be listening to this and experience that for themselves? Like, what is actually the process of me hearing the information you're, you're, you're sharing, and then it like resonates so deeply with me, it's like I'm being charged. I don't want to call it goosebumps, because to me, that's like a creepy thing about walking in a cemetery. But is there another term we can use instead of calling it like goosebumps? Well, you're literally, you know, Gurdjieff says you can't do the sacred gymnastic until you put feel your feeling in your little finger that your attention is so dense that your little finger begins to tingle. So you experience the fact that the shareable wave created implosive compression. Mm -hmm. And basically that means there was something there that ancestral memory could, could serve immortality, survival with collectively. That was a shareable wave and therefore capacitively implosive why your hair stood up. Mm. yeah like it's uh it's funny like having that question then you answer it as we're also talking about creating our re own reality lucid dreaming i mean like i've taken three pages of notes from from this entire conversation i'm going to listen to it again because there's so much more that um i mean yeah, if, if eventually you, you only thought pure principle your hair would be standing up all the time and you wouldn't have to die <laughs> mm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, the questions that I have would kind of just get things to continue going, but if we're going to be wrapping up, then, uh, Dave, if there's anything that you wanted to bring up or any, uh, final things that Jay or Dan, you guys wanted to share, cause yeah, we could, we super, could really continue I'm just going. Super, I'm just super honored. And I, I hope we can, we can do this again. The only reason I, I very respectfully, uh, suggest a wrap up is because we've covered so much. I just want to ensure that the, the audience, when they're listening is not, uh, I guess you could say oversaturated because there's such quality information yeah. here that both of you guys have given that. I I'm guess I can just chime in a little bit with us talking about the Navy. I can't help, but think of the Simpsons which has one specific episode of join the Navy, Yvonne et Niage, this whole uh, subliminal messaging thing. And it makes me wonder about Matt Greening and all the Simpsons predictions and stuff like that, uh, as well as we were talking about sulfur earlier. And uh, uh, Dave, you mentioned about the, the scent of sulfur uh, with UFOs. And I actually just read this document released by the French government uh, from Cometa involved with how how their defense, their military is supposed to respond to UFOs, the reality of it. And in there, one of the realities of UFO interactions is the smell of sulfur from witnesses, from, from people experiencing that. And I'm also tying this into, in Secret Teachings of All Ages, uh, mercury, salt, and sulfur are the three main ingredients for the like any alchemical process. So I, know, I don't really know how to connect that in there other than just throw those, those tidbits of information. And that's pretty much 
uh, all I wanted to add. And if you guys have comments on how to bridge that in, feel free. Uh, well, you know, if you want to know if Lucifer's been in the room. <laughs> the smell of sulfur. <laughs> okay. Because you, no. also, you also referred to the Kaaba stone as Lucifer's eye. And yes, that's, well, that's a well, whole fascinating topic of the Saturn moon matrix of, of well, worshiping the Kabbalah or the, the Kaaba stone. Lucifer, light eye, the fire, you know, Lucifer being the devil versus Enki, you know, who, the guy who run the, won the PR war is the guy with the budget. And, and, but it's really true that it is Enki Thoth who is returning as the nine. And in fact, guy. you know, the, the, and Lil was probably Yahweh and Enki was actually probably Lucifer and Lucifer's eye would be a phase conjugate uh, crystal. Literally, yes. And then Enki, Thoth, and Thor, like the, the roots of just Thoth yeah. and Thor to me. It's like, well, that's the same entity, same word, just different interpretation of it. And Tehuti, and in the Bible, when they said Yod no, they T4, when they said the line of David, DWD, they really meant TWT, which is Tehuti Thoth. So everywhere you read the line of David, they mean the lineage of Thoth, which is the grandfather of the Jesus story, literally, and the name of the royal line of Egypt. So suddenly, you know, the, this guy Thoth, who is literally also Quetzalcoatl Viracocha, apparently, if you believe, uh, you know, Tutankhamun prophecies. So suddenly, this guy Thoth, who now claims to be returning with the nine from Puharic, and I was there, and his symbol, the caduceus hello the message is learn what life is and that is the seed which is called the cedars and that's the book <laughs> well, excellent guys Jay, I, do you have any yeah. uh closing remarks to to wrap up your uh, sharing of and life anecdotes and experiences uh <clears throat> uh well i think that uh, this has been a, a very good conversation and I think that uh, I think you're right. I think people's heads are going to explode probably uh, <clears throat> after about an hour of this, uh, but that's okay because initiations are always painful. And um, so uh, I think uh, that uh, uh, we're headed towards uh, a place that no one can even guess. And it's not going to be the WEF and Schwab. That's not going to be what's going to happen. Those guys are desperately clinging to a past. And uh, uh, the future is completely unwritten. And dang it, if we can, I think we should be the authors of that future and not let these people that uh, act as if they're our leaders and we didn't even elect them. We don't even know who they are. Yeah. Um, and some of them, like Harari, appear to be completely insane. Um, <clears throat> we need to um, realize that we are the most powerful creatures in the universe and we need to grab our power back. And by doing that, I don't mean take resting power in the old way. I mean, doing what Dan's talking about, yeah. uh, using meditation and uh, uh, spiritual techniques to uh, reinvigorate the world. And that's where we have to do it. However, there does seem to be a dark group that wants this whole thing to collapse in on itself. And, um, and uh, they're a problem. If, if I may say, guys, uh, if, if uh, Jay, if you would like to start, and then Dan as well, if you guys would like to 
uh, bring up uh, where you, some of your work could be found if you would like. Um, if I may say for uh, Jay's audience and for Dan's, if you guys will be posting this on your end, both for Riel and myself, um, uh, patreon.com slash Generation Z. We have much more conversations like this. Uh, Generation Z, Z-E-D podcast on uh, Podbean, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course, YouTube as well. And um, we have many, many different, very exciting things we're working on, all pertaining to the topics covered in this conversation as well. So thank you so very much. And of course, Jay and Dan, if you want to uh, take it away. Uh, well, uh, my jwidener.com, just like it spells. And I, my films are at sacredmysteries.com. And they're also all on Gaia.com. Uh, and um, I have a show on YouTube, Reality Check. Uh, you can come over and join that. And uh, that's pretty much all my contact points. Uh, and most people know mine, uh, Dan Winter. The YouTube channel is uh, Dan Winter Fractal Field. Uh, my ET history is fractalfield.com slash fusion in the blood. The brainwave bliss tech is flameandmind.com. The plasma tech is therify.net. And uh, contact info at fractalfield.com. And very grateful and happy to be here and part of this series. And so delighted to reconnect with Jay. We had fun. We did. Let's do more of this. You I can imagine, imagine 10 hours a day of these conversations. That's what we were having. Yeah, wow. that's right. We used to do this 10 hours a day. It's true. That guy, that's what we did. If I may ask you guys, right after we stop recording, if you guys could stay on the call for just 30 seconds, if that's all right. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you so much. Bless.